turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And here it is. It's hour three. It's Backbone Radio. Hope everybody is good and well and in motion out there. Heart of summer. Blake sitting behind the glass. Matt Dunn here hosting, blabbing away, sharing the good word this July 30th, 2023. Should you have thoughts? 303-696-1971. I was struck by a meme that came out, a meme audio video that came out, produced by a fellow named Brendan Dilley. And the title of it is, If I Was the Deep State, If I Was the Deep State, What Would I Do? And I thought we might just listen to this. I think this is a very, very sharp meme here that has gone viral big time. And Frank Luntz, remember Big Frank? He saw this and he said that he found this alarming. Alarming. Uh, Frank Luntz, who was, yes, remember the roommate of Kevin McCarthy? They were living together out there in D.C. Our Speaker of the House, ostensibly a Republican. But as we all know, part of the Uniparty that we are trying to overcome and get around that fringe, fragile small group of uniparty power players that control the institutions and most all of the propaganda. They've never had to work harder to hang on to the power that they've got, and they're feeling it, and you see their fragility, you see their fear, and man, they are afraid of Donald Trump and the final battle 2024. Trump v. Deep State. But I think let's let's hear this. Let's process this. Why does Frank Luntz find this audio video alarming? What is it that bothers Frank Luntz about this? Hmm? And I think it does get to a few points that I might review, but let, let's hear this one and I don't know. See if it see if it works on audio here. I think it does. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America, I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. One that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmailed judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. 
I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity, but not the medical establishment. If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really the devil. If I was the deep state, I would say mission accomplished. And there it is. If I were the deep state, if I were the deep state by Brendan Dilley, and man, that thing went viral, went all across the Twitter sphere, all across social media. No doubt the censors have stepped up to limit its visibility. But what did you think of that? What did you think of that? Was that effective? I just had a text to studio. Doc, if I were the deep state, is a fantastic modern adaptation of Paul Harvey's If I Were the Devil. And I do remember hearing that some time ago. If I Were the Devil and I Wanted to Destroy America, Paul Harvey went off on that. And yeah, here we are. Here we are talking about If I Were the Deep State. Now, deep state is a word that I have been using for years, and I do think... I may have been the first person to start hammering away on the deep state many years ago, the first person in talk radio. I don't think, because I never heard that term used. Now it's on the tip of everybody's tongue. But I've always been kind of a student of the deep state and its origins, its history. Some people argue that there has been a deep state in Turkey going back, uh, you know, 100 years or so that kind of taught other nations how to actually have a deep state that holds all the power while the elected officials essentially have none. Okay, and that's that's the world we are living in right now that I would submit to you. And, I mean, people understand what it is and what it's about. And, um, again, when I first started, people come, what do you, what do you mean by this deep state? What, 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 what is that? And uh, I won't bother to try to explain that kind of stuff now. But, hmm. If I was the deep state, I would imprison my foes. Yeah, that kind of rings a bell, does it not? How many indictments do they want to throw at Trump? The manufactured boxes hoax? Yeah, we've gone through that Presidential Records Act and the rest of it. Rig an election. Do you think 2020 was rigged or not rigged? I mean, do you want to hang your hat on that? Not having been rigged? Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged, was pretty definitive about the rigging that went on back in 2020. Create a false flag to get mail-in ballots is the way you vote in 2020. Did that, uh, you know, did that raise any eyebrows out there? Hmm. Try to persuade you that men are women and women are men? That, that's, that is one strange feature of the Biden era and even that sort of got going in the Obama era, that I don't quite understand that. But there's, again, the people on top that run the propaganda want to create as much confusion as possible about everything. And gender identities and sexual identities, is somehow they're, they're really drawn to that, to sowing as much confusion on that as possible. And even over in Ukraine, there's the Azov Nazi battalions, on the side of Ukraine, fighting against Russia. And somehow, like, we are sending $75 billion so far and counting to Ukraine. And we've got actual, like, they're Nazis. They are literally Nazis. The New York Times, the New York Times did this story on the Azov Battalion, and they 
were trying to get these guys to cover up their Nazi or their swastika stuff, tattoos, for the photos for the New York Times. It's really strange what's going on over there and the amount of corruption that, you know, obviously the Hunter Biden, the Bidens have been involved in, Kerry's kid, Pelosi's kid, some of the Romney kids have been over there in the trough in Ukraine. And now, you know, they send us millions to a few families in the United States. And now we have to send them billions from the taxpayers and get this get this World War III off the ground. We'll talk about that. I've got some Douglas McGregor coming up. But do I have time to play that one more time? I think I do. Let's just listen to that. Listen to that if I were the deep state one more time real quick. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America, I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. One that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmailed judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. If I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity but not the medical establishment. If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really And the there we go. If I was the deep state, I would. All right, Blake, you know the movie. What's the movie this is from? Huey Lewis and the News? Oh, yeah. Back to the Future. You got it. Back to the Future. And this song holds up pretty darn well. The Power of Love. One of my friends happened to be on an airplane once and sat down next to this chap who looked a lot like Huey Lewis. And my friend said, she said, hey, you look like Huey Lewis. He's like, yeah, I'm Huey Lewis. And the guy sitting next to Huey leaned forward and said, and I'm the news. <laughs> that cracks me up. Those vignettes that you gather along the way. Anyway, boy, howdy, if I were the deep state. And you have to understand that what does regime power depend upon? What is it depending upon right now? For years, it depended upon Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Oh, man, was that a epic multi-year lie. Then it depended on impeaching Trump for him calling up Zelensky, asking about Biden corruption over there. What's going on over there in Ukraine? Oh, so they had to go big on the impeachments, right? From Russia, Russia to impeachments. And then, you know, the lawsuits and the censorship all the way along, by the way. Man, they have censored you all the way along. Mainstream media, of course, you don't even get there if you don't pledge to say all the right establishment stuff. But on social media, 
the censorship industrial complex is a key part of regime power right now. And again, you know, they, they'll throw lawsuits at any of their opponents. If you question 2020, you understand how that all works. And January 6th is another key pillar of regime power. So you see, the contours of regime power, they, they, they depend upon Russia, Russia, the impeachments, 2020 election, and January 6th. That's what they're depending upon, plus their, all of their censorship regime, okay, among other things. And, you know, they, they flood the country with lawyers. I mean, do you, do you see this? Do you see how this works? And which, which side do you want? Are you on the side of a republic or are you on the side of tyranny? Are you um, for an Orwellian-type America or are for, you know, for the Jeffersonian, Madisonian constitution, our liberty and our freedom and America first? You got to choose. It's the final battle, 2024. You got to choose. Byron Donalds, representative from down in Florida, yes, big Trump supporter, had this to say about those impeachments. Somehow, it's based upon a phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky of Ukraine talking about potential issues of corruption around Burisma concerning Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. What have we learned? That it's all true. That there was political corruption between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Burisma in Ukraine. The Biden family was paid. Joe Biden used his office to get the prosecutor looking into Burisma fired. So the fact that Nancy Pelosi led a fast impeachment with no evidence, all based upon a phone call. And by the way, the transcript was released, and that's all that occurred. There was no public corruption, but congressional Democrats voted for it anyway. It was pure politics. There was no There you go. Byron Donalds making a lot of sense there. Again, the regime in power, the fragile uniparty, that small group of people in power, they depend upon these sort of Potemkin villages that they set up that I have aforementioned. And they have some of the tools, the propaganda, the ability to censor and the rest of it to keep themselves on top. But they're working real hard to have to stay there. And yes, they are nervous and they are scared to death of Donald Trump. And make no mistake, the deep state is going to unveil one trick after another along the way to 2024, as they've been doing since 2015, since the escalator. That's not going to stop. And you have to understand that the RNC is going to be involved in all of these tricks as well. And DeSantis's campaign strategy is predicated upon Trump getting indicted you know, and they're going to try to throw him in prison. That's 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 where DeSantis sees his opportunity. And I would submit to you, he was promised that was going to happen before he jumped in. So step back and think about how fragile that is and how the screens have created all of these sort of little pillars of regime power. And have any of them been true? I mean, they've been they've been turned into Swiss cheese if you follow the details if you really look into them and you realize, ah, mm, mm, you know what I'm saying? Ted Cruz talks tough. Nobody talks tougher than Ted Cruz. Republicans aren't seeming to want to do much about Biden, the bribery and all the rest of it. But let's hear at least Ted Cruz mouth the words here. So we have now the FD 1023. I have it in my hand. It's the FBI report that was prepared in 2020 when a confidential human source raised 
allegations that Joe Biden as vice president personally received bribes, $5 million personally himself, his son $5 million, from a Ukrainian oligarch in exchange for official favors when he was vice president of the United States. This FD-1023 is damning. I do a podcast three days a week, Verdict with Ted Cruz. The podcast has gone into the details of what's in this FD-1023, walking through it, the specifics where, among other things, you know, some of the quotes from it, so the, the confidential human source told Zlochevsky that due to Shokin, Shokin is the Ukrainian prosecutor's investigation into Burisma, that it would have a substantial negative effect on Burisma's prospective IPO in the United States, and Zlochevsky, the Ukrainian oligarch, replied something to the effect of, don't worry, Hunter will take care of all of those issues through his dad. Zlochevsky also allegedly said it cost $5 million to pay one Biden and $5 million to pay another Biden. Zlochevsky further allegedly said Hunter Biden, quote, was stupid and Zlochevsky's dog was smarter. This is in the FBI forum. The confidential human source asked, did Hunter Biden or did Joe Biden tell Zlochevsky he needed to retain Hunter Biden? And Zlochevsky replied, they both did. And Zlochevsky says he has many text messages and recordings that could show he was forced to make such payments. He said he has 17 audio recordings of his conversations with the Bidens, 15 with Hunter, two with Joe. This stuff is damning stuff. If this is true... Joe Biden should be impeached, and impeached not for high crimes and misdemeanors, but for bribery, which is explicitly enumerated in the Constitution. He should be removed from office, he should be prosecuted, and he should go to jail for taking millions of dollars of bribes, if okay, this is Okay, but you know, we're kind of used to the tough talk. Tough talkers, that's Ted Cruz talking to Sean Hannity on Fox News. But, oh man, they have got the goods on Joe Biden. They have got the goods. But what are the Republicans doing? I mean, where where is the impeachment? Where is the outrage? The media is not even covering this stuff, of course, like you heard in the If I Were the Deep State video. They just don't cover this stuff. Any crimes I've committed do not exist. And they do not exist in the media. And again, so many minds just live on the mainstream media without really understanding what goes into that or what are the mechanics going on behind the screens and not understanding the censorship and the rest of it, that it is hard for some people to put these pictures together. But where are the Republicans and what they are doing? Yeah, it's this kind of the same deal about, well, cocaine in the Biden White House should be a huge scandal. If that was the Trump White House, oh my gosh, we'd still be in the middle and the thick of that one, right? But... Yeah, that one, they just memory hold that little deal, said, oh, I guess we'll just never figure that one out, you know. <laughs> so that's the way the unit party can work it. They can control these narratives and they can drop them off. You know, they'll get a little fluster. People will yell a little bit. People will tough talk a little bit. Yeah. But if the Republican Party is attached really just one wing of the unit party, and if the unit party is deathly afraid of Donald Trump, well, they're not going to... They're not going to really go forward with any of this stuff, you know. They're just going to kind of roll over, and what they're going to do is save their energy for tricks against Trump and so forth. But the only thing is that the base is awake, and the base has Trump dominating in the lead. And so 
it's kind of a conundrum for them. And the billionaires don't know where to put their money. They're looking, well, where do we where do we donate now? And DeSantis is like a dead parrot, is what they were saying in Esquire magazine. Anyway, be right back. How about some summer bubblegum pop there from Dagny? I believe she's a Norwegian singer. Got a few good pop tunes out this summer, but... I do have to admit I have to dig pretty hard to find the good pop songs this summer. They're fewer and further between than I recall in years past. I might have to just start dwelling in the 60s again. Last couple years I've been dwelling in the 70s, but maybe inspired by Blake back there, maybe it's time for some 60s action. We'll see what we can come up with. Anyway, Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn, 303-696-1971. And I wanted to get to that, been teasing this a bit, the World Economic Forum, the erase borders kind of scenario that the elites on top, which is a kind of a fascism, yes, have in store for us if they are allowed to get anywhere. And They're making some inroads, but their battle against human nature is so contrary to human nature that in the end they're not going to get anywhere, but they could cause a lot of damage along the way. And again, remember the World Economic Forum, they meet in Davos, Switzerland every year. Klaus Schwab, the cartoon villain Nazi-looking German economics professor, heads up that organization. And among their tenets are, you will own nothing and you will be happy. You will eat the bugs, you will like the bugs. And they really envision themselves in control and on top And they use climate change and the rest of it as a way to get power over you, okay? And let's just, I I think this is important stuff for us to be at least philosophically understanding and thinking about and aware of. And I think when you see some of these pieces that are moving with this billionaire jet setter class, okay, and how they, they manufacture and manipulate certain issues like climate issues, among others, that uh, it starts to make a lot more sense when you're reading headlines and digesting propaganda on a day-to-day basis that we bathe in. But Ned Ryan gets to the point on some of this, uh, speaking to Laura Ingram last night on Fox News. And again, I am anti-Fox News, and I don't like Laura Ingram, but at least she has the wisdom to bring on this guy, Ned Ryan, who is really pretty darn solid. Let's hear this clip. Joining me now is Ned Ryan, America's CEO. Ned, great to see you tonight. It seems that the goal of uh, this crowd is to, to kind of create the same panic about climate change that they successfully created around COVID. Do I have this wrong? No, you have it correct. I mean, first of all, we have to accept the World Economic Forum is a fanatical political organization that uses fear and manipulation like COVID hysteria, like the hoax of global warming, to really facilitate people thinking that somehow they're the saviors, but really all you're doing is helping them accomplish their goal, which really is a global public-private fascist movement and fusion of big government, big tech, big money to create a technocratic ruling elite, which conveniently is them, And really, Laura, if you want to look at it a different way, too, with the World Economic Forum, they want to create feudalism 2.0 in which we are serfs and they are the lords ruling over us. 
you'll, you'll have nothing and be happy is one of the, the things that comes out of Davos. That's what they're aiming for. They're aiming for feudalism in which we are serfs and, and we should be happy that they are, are ruling over us. Yes, that is a very good encapsulation of the WEF agenda. And that WEF agenda, I mean, that's, that's tied into our own oligarchs here. Our own ruling class here, Republican, Democrat, corporate ruling class, the Soroses of the world, they have their fingerprints all over the World Economic Forum, and they position themselves on top. They're the ones on top. They're the ones that have all the money, and they're going to use the screens, which means the tech world and the big government fuse them together, right? Which is the definition of fascism, right? Fuse Big corporations with government together. You've got the fascism. They're the ones on top. And then you're going to be the serf owning nothing, eating your bugs. That's what they want. And they're going to erase national identities. They want you confused about all of that. A lot of confusion. This ties into our, if I were the deep state, we started the hour with, okay? Somebody who has been thinking about this kind of thing very clearly for some time is this Colonel Douglas McGregor, a longtime skeptic of the Ukraine imbroglio. And I wanted to bring his voice, and you don't hear enough of him since Tucker got canceled by the Fox News freaks, the Murdochs. And um, let's just hear what McGregor says. He blends some Ukraine and he blends some World Economic Forum into this and Again, erasing national identities. The people that are today arguing for globalism were very similar to the people that wanted us to go to Vietnam. Walt Rostow and his brother were advocates for going into Southeast Asia with a goal of building a new nation uh, on the foundations of South Vietnam. Uh, we've been going through this process off and on much longer than people realize. And what they were always interested in doing and particularly today's group, is erasing national identities. They're convinced that the way to future utopia is to create a place where no one knows what or who they are, except, of course, the globalists at the top who know that they're in control and ruling the world. Uh, so that means you have to destroy uh, national identities, destroy borders, effect effectively subvert populations from within by convincing the majority population in any country that there's something wrong with them, that they can only improve by abandoning control of their borders and inviting millions of people into their country who are radically different from them to dilute their identity, change their identity, and ultimately erase any semblance of identity. I think that's a very important concept that most people in Europe don't understand. I don't think we in the United States get it. But if you look at the policies that we've been pursuing, it, it makes excellent sense because the policies that we are pursuing are suicidal. They're designed to destroy us. Open your borders, vet no one, let everyone come in and disperse into your population. Then you create internal divisions and fights and wars and conflicts within conflicts, and you have chaos. Chaos then allows those with vast quantities of money like Soros, who are at the top of the pyramid, to exert absolute control. Exactly. Doesn't that start ringing bells, light bulbs going off when you hear Colonel Douglas McGregor talk about that, erasing national identity, creating confusion, creating division, and then the oligarch billionaires, people like Soros. Yes, they profit from that. They gain more power from that. 
Of course, it's long-term. It's a doomed battle. Human nature does not work this way. But yet they're going to cause an awful lot of damage in the process. And this is part of why they hate Donald Trump so, why they hate the Republican base voter so, why they hate America first so. You have to understand the philosophical underpinnings of their motivations here. And this also, according to Douglas McGregor, which I agree with, helps explain why we're in this conflict, why they want World War Three. You ever wonder why do they want World War Three? Why does Biden want that? Why is... Biden and our corrupt foreign policy establishment, why have they engineered this whole thing and shunned any potential for peace? Well, listen to this one here. Tell you how to live, what to what to believe, and so forth. And, of course, a Trojan horse in the midst of all of this is atheism and nihilism and socialism. And we all know how socialism works. Anybody who lived in uh, the so-called Eastern Bloc understands it. The state controls everything, which means a small minority governs and everyone else is effectively reduced to some form of slavery. Uh, that's nothing that anybody with a brain wants, but that's where we are. And we have these people in Washington and London and Paris and Berlin, and they're driving this war. Now, why, why go to war with the Russians? Well, because the Russians sobered up, they abandoned communism. If uh, Russia were a Soviet state, I'm sure that all of the globalists would be applauding since uh, they see that as yet another path to the utopia that they want to build. There used to be this thing we called the Soviet man. The Soviet man was this fictitious human being that would emerge over decades to replace all the various constituent peoples of the Soviet Union, and for that matter, Eastern Europe. And the joke, of course, in Moscow when the Soviet Union collapsed was, well, what happened to the Soviet man? Everybody looked around and, gosh, you know what they found? Ukrainians, Russians, Latvians, Lithuanians, Estonians, Uzbeks, Kazakhs, Tartars, Turks, and so forth. So it's, it's, it's a tragic event, but right now, Russia is seen as a nationalist state with a strong cultural identity founded on Orthodox Christianity. Well, these things are all anathema to everybody in the globalist community. And to boot, uh, they're sitting on top of some of the world's richest mineral resources, an abundance of uh, agricultural development, food, foodstuffs. And I hope uh, they this stretch is from making one sense. ocean to another. So if you can get into Russia, oh, it if you can sense. subvert the government, you get their you can energy. destroy the government. Yep. Leaning on the everlasting arms, that is George Jones singing that old Christian hymn. And you just got to love it. George Jones, something about the way he handled singing his hymns, his gospel songs, his honky-tonk, sad country crooner songs. There's just nothing like that guy. This morning in church, our family, somehow it was just, they sang 10 hymns in a row. We just did hymn after hymn after hymn, and that was one of them, and I thought, I really like that one. I'm going to bring that in. We also sang In the Garden this morning. And that's one of my all-time, all-time favorites, In the Garden. Almost brought that one in. Yes, believe it or not, I I bootlegged the Dwight Yoakam version of that. I better bring it in here sometime. They just don't get better. But God, family, country... What we've been talking about in this last few segments is that that is the anathema to the people on top, to the globalists on top. They are 
anti-God, anti-family, anti-country. They don't want any borders. They want the borders wide open. They want the free trade kind of stuff that essentially kills middle classes in people places like America in order to essentially have slave labor build things for us. And you see how that distorts things? And, you know, human nature is such that, you know, you're going to attach yourself to your soil and you're going to hopefully become embedded as a part of the fabric of your country and know your history and know your surroundings and know your community and your heritage and your forefathers and foremothers. But they want to stamp that out. It's not going to work. See, the way it hasn't worked in the Soviet Union, and Colonel McGregor was saying that, you know, Russia is you know, very, very pro-Russia right now. And by the way, their economy seems to be doing quite well right now. In spite of the war, in spite of the sanction regime being leveled against them, but, but did it kind of click as why maybe why maybe the globalists want to be getting a regime change going in Russia, and we have to send our tax dollars, seventy five billion of it, for that reason. Our kids, our family members, have to go die for the globalists mistaken, misguided, ridiculous, endless war that we're in the middle of in Ukraine. Just another one. Remember, Trump's the peace guy. Trump's the guy who would get that all finished. Trump's the guy that deserves all the Nobel Peace Prizes. (laughs) Oh, man. But the propaganda will tell you otherwise. So thankfully, so many millions upon millions of us are waking up all the time It's time to unify the Republican Party. The RNC needs to respect the will of the Republican Party voter, Trump, dominating across the board. It's not going to change. Let's focus on 2024 and get that ballot ballot investment going big time to answer whatever it was the Democrats did in 2020. Any moment that the RNC is not focused on that from here on, any moment that any of the other one percenter single-digit candidates are sticking around in this race is a moment where they are deliberately sabotaging our prospects in 2024. And you see, that's what you have to understand is that's what the RNC globalist class, the wing of the Uniparty, that's what they want. So get ready for all kinds of tricks ahead, trick after trick after trick. And Steve Bannon gets this one absolutely right. Your assessment, the DeSantis thing is over. Yeah. Understand something. And this is coming from the hardest core of the Trump people. We need a Carthaginian victory over DeSantis. What do I mean by that? You need to burn it to the ground and salt the earth around it as an object lesson to make sure that anybody else that tries to make a move like that, just we're going to point to Ron DeSantis in his career. We're looking right. for a Carthaginian win. Everybody's saying, why are you continue to do this? Hey, there's a method to this madness. And at this point, that is deserved. I've always felt just a little guilty criticizing DeSantis just a little bit, but no longer. Now that I have understood what a fraud and what an astroturf operation that whole thing has been, just somehow not matched by any level of talent in there. The Murdochs, Steve Bannon calls them scumbag foreigners. The Murdochs have soured on DeSantis. They smell a loser. They're looking for other places to park their money. They're exhibiting some critical stories in the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal and even on Fox News. And here's Brett Bayer, oh, the establishment guy extraordinaire on Fox News, lamenting. They're sad. with John. They're so sad that Trump is so strong and DeSantis is just blowing it. Ron DeSantis 
let go more than three dozen staffers. It's a third of his campaign staff, some 38 jobs, including two senior officials. You know, when you take a look at at, at governors and, and their history here, you know, this sense of inevitability that's built around them. Jeb Bush, we remember him. We talked about Tim Pawlenty. Scott uh, Walker. Scott Walker. Could Ron DeSantis be the latest in that group? He's desperately trying not to be. Um, but this is a big sign. A third of your campaign staff, we haven't even gotten to August as of yet. Uh, there were real concerns by big donors, we were told, of the spending. Uh, the burn rate, and they were spending a lot of money but not getting a lot of bang for their buck. He is trailing in every poll by 20, 30, sometimes 40 points, uh, depending on the poll, depending on the state. And you just haven't seen the traction for the guy that was supposed to be uh, the guy. Yeah, it was just yeah, waiting to And run. they go on for minute after minute, just lament, oh, gosh, how come? How come DeSantis just can't? He's firing his staff. It's not even August. He's going down the tubes. The phrase I like is what Esquire magazine said, is that the Republican donor class has realized they have purchased a dead parrot. <laughs> you have to laugh at that one. And that's where we are right now with the Hey, come on. Let's unify the party. People are saying DeSantis should just drop out, try to save, salvage some aspect of his future career. But I think it's too late for that. And I think when he comes out and says stuff like this, oh, man, what do you think of this? When DeSantis comes out and, oh, he's talking to Megyn Kelly and says stuff like this. Would you commit to pardoning him on any federal charges against him? Well, what I've said is very simple. Uh, I'm going to do what's right for the country. I don't think it would be good for the country to have an almost 80-year-old former president go to prison. Um, so that's a yes. It doesn't seem like it would be a good thing. And I look at, like, you know, Ford, uh, pardon Nixon, Took, took some heat for it. But at the end of the day, it's like, do we want to move forward as a country or do we want to be mired in these past controversies? OK, everything wrong about that. And that's why, you know, no more guilt at criticizing DeSantis. The guy is a complete chump. All right. And he takes a jab at Trump being uh, will be 80 years old in a couple of years. He, he brings the prison word in. He brings the Nixon word in. He brings about, oh, we're going to be looking forward now. The whole pardon concept. Trump didn't do anything wrong. Megyn Kelly jumps into that by that's how an establishment media frames a narrative. Say, will Trump pardon for all the wrongdoing? Yeah, didn't do anything wrong, folks, but they love to talk that way. And that is DeSantis's campaign strategy right there. That's why DeSantis is here. He wants to get Trump indicted and in prison. And then they love sitting around talking about part. This guy who's like single digits in the polls talking about what he's going to do when he's president. He's <laughs> he's firing his campaign staff. And he's talking like this. And uh, no, 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 no. I think you should talk DeSantis about how, gosh, this third world nation and Biden's DOJ is in trying to imprison his political opponent and his political opponent, Trump, is beating Biden in all the polls. Let's not become a third world nation. Yeah, that's not DeSantis, folks. Well, Saddle Pals, it's been fun. Thanks for all the wonderful text to studio. Blake, you're awesome, dude. How about let's reconvene. Next Sunday. Until then.